0: On today's episode, five prospects in the Chicago Blackhawks pipelines will be taking part in the upcoming World Junior Championship. I'll go over who is suiting up for which country this week up in Edmonton, Alberta, and then I'll also unveil which player comes in at number eight on my top 10 prospects list. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week, will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. To the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, August eighth. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman two, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And I also got to remind you all that today's episode. Is sponsored by Bet Online, which is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games here in 2022. Bet Online, where the game begins. Also, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, please be sure to go and show some support. First, by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally, just a quick click of the button will be helping me out tremendously. Be sure to go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from all you wonderful listeners out there. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode, folks, moving forward throughout the rest of this summer into training camp, which is actually just a little over a month away, uh, each episode moving forward is going to have a video attached to it. So if you haven't done so yet, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It would seriously help me out more than you all know. Helps me pay the bills. uh, And also, go and smash the like button down below for me as well. And last, go and ring the bell. Turn on those push notifications so that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop. For all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. Hope everyone out there had a lovely weekend, even though if you're in the Chicagoland area, it was quite the tsunami yesterday. I actually, man, I had a scary moment driving my car yesterday. I hydroplane on the road and, and swerved uh, c- completely off of it into the grass. It was a, a wild weather sequence that we had yesterday morning. I literally couldn't see like 10 feet in front of my car. I had quite the scare, but fortunately, uh, both myself and my car are okay. Another gloomy morning here so far on Monday. Uh, not, Not the best weather to start off the week. I'm sure Sunday scaries might be hitting everyone a little bit harder, but hope everyone is able to shrug off that weather and is off to a lovely start to their week here. Uh, but to open things up on the show this morning, I wanted to begin by talking about some of the latest news regarding several Blackhawks prospects in the upcoming 2022 IIHF World Junior Championship, which is, of course, uh, it was, of course, supposed to be played back in December, but the tournament, it got underway. But after just a few games, unfortunately, was canceled due to positive COVID-19 tests. Uh, But here we are, you know, smack dab in the middle of August, usually when hockey news is dead across the world for the most part, uh, we get to watch take two of the 2022 WJC. And while I was hopeful that um, there would be a few more Blackhawks prospects taking part in this tournament for their native countries, uh, there still are five players in the pipelines that will be making the trip up to Edmonton, Alberta this week. First for Team Canada, Uh, originally there weren't supposed to be any Blackhawks prospects on their final roster, but due to an injury yesterday, 2021 fourth round pick Ethan Del Mastro, the big left-handed defenseman, was actually a last-minute addition and will get a chance to uh, play with the Maple Leaf on his sweater once again this week. And I actually had a conversation with Ethan around this time last year. Uh, maybe I'll actually tag that interview in the description so you listeners can check that out. But Ethan was a great kid, Um, said all the right things. I actually asked him about previous experiences playing for Team Canada and kind of what's that all like. And he's coming off a, a massive year as captain of the Mississauga Steelheads up in the OHL, really um, helped that team make a, a run that not a lot of people thought was possible. They were a very, <clears throat> excuse me, a very young team up in the OHL. That was also something that Ethan talked about, but they had a very strong season and Ethan was a huge part of it. And apparently the Blackhawks organization was really thrilled uh, with what they saw out of Del Mastro. And they're they're pretty high on him from what I've heard. Uh, we know that the reason the Blackhawks drafted him was because of his abilities defensively and how he's big and can play a rugged style in his own zone, defense first mindset. That's always been the name of the game for Del Mastro, but he actually put together a a pretty respectable offensive season with the Steelheads as well and might have a little bit more to that side of his game than even the Blackhawks thought when they first drafted him. So a a really impressive year from Ethan Del Mastro. Unfortunate that this was the way that he wound up on Team Canada's roster, but nonetheless, a, a very good experience for him and Uh, I'm excited to see, hopefully he'll get some consistent action in the lineup. I know he was a late addition, so maybe he might not be part of the every game plans, but I hope he gets in there at least for a game or two, and maybe he can uh, have a a lasting impression there and maybe string together some more games as Canada goes on throughout the tournament. So congrats to Ethan Del Mastro for making it to Team Canada's final roster as a last-minute addition. Then for the United States... Uh, they were actually, I believe, the the final country to release their 25-man roster. It actually just came out yesterday afternoon. Uh, but there were four Blackhawks prospects hanging around, trying to make the final cuts. Uh, those were Frank the Tank, of course, the 13th overall selection in this year's draft. Uh, both Wyatt Kaiser and Landon Slager, third-round picks in the 2020 NHL draft, along with Dominic James, who was a six-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft as well. Uh, All four of those players were among the final 27 players in Team USA's camp. The final three went on to crack the 25 man roster. And unfortunately, Frank the Tank was one of the final two cuts for the United States. But Dominic James, Landon Slagert, and Wyatt Kaiser all will be playing for Team USA in the World Junior Championship, which is, by the way, starting tomorrow, folks. This is about to get going. I know it's been uh, a little quiet mostly because that's how hockey is in August, but yeah, things are really about to ramp up here starting tomorrow. Um, but yeah, Frank, the tank missed out on the cut. But one thing I will say compared to, I I know people are going to say, Oh, Dominic James six round pick in this year's draft. He made the team. Well, Dominic James has already played one season of college hockey with the university of Minnesota Duluth, uh, land, uh, Landon Slager and Wyatt Kaiser also both have two years of college hockey under their belt. Uh, James and Kaiser are teammates for the UMD Bulldogs, and then Landon Slager obviously plays for uh, the University of Notre Dame. They both already had two years of college experience. Frank the Tank has yet to arrive at the University of Michigan and play his freshman campaign. So, uh, and if this tournament was to be held when it was supposed to, Frank Frank wasn't even supposed to be on that roster originally. So no, this is not a big deal that Frank the Tank did not crack Team USA's 2022 WJC roster, even though Dominic James did, along with Landon Slegard and Wyatt Kaiser. <clears throat> not a big deal. Uh, I fully expect uh, Frank the Tank to be part of the, up, the, the next World Junior Championship, which I think is going to be held in December again. I probably should have had my facts straight on that one, but I, I would assume that it's going to be held at normal time this upcoming December um regardless it'll it'll be held in the winter at some point but expect frank the tank to be part of team usa's roster then along with his actual age group uh so no don't take this as a slight or a dig on on frank nazar and his game or anything now he's just surrounded by a lot older players who have more experience than he does not a big deal but will be exciting to see Uh, Wyatt Kaiser, Landon Slagert, and Dominic James suit up for the United States throughout this tournament. And then last, uh, Victor. People think it's Victor Sternborg, but according to uh, Chicago Prospects, Wally, who I do plan on having on the show at some point, by the way, his Twitter account, Shy Prospects, has really blown up over the past year. A lot of the Blackhawks beat writers and people who work for NBC Sports Chicago follow it and tag him in tweets all the time. Um, But according to Wally. uh, His last name is actually pronounced Haranbor. So, Victor Haranbor looks like Stirnborg, but it's Haranbor, I think. I don't know. Jury's still out on that one, but he was a fourth round pick back in 2021. Kind of an interesting pick, though, by the Blackhawks. Uh, He's going to be suiting up for Team Sweden here uh, in the World Juniors, though, this year. And I'm really excited to see what this kid has to offer because. Apparently, he's known for being a a really good skater, gets up and down the ice in a hurry, Uh, had one of the highest motors I read in the entire 2021 NHL Draft. Maybe not the offensive upside, but defensively very responsible. Again, a good skater, can play at the highest pace, and has a really good tenacity and energy and motor behind him. So I'm excited to see what he has to offer here in this tournament, because truthfully, I didn't really get to take much away from seeing him at Blackhawks Prospect Development Camp. He was just kind of one of those man guys who was just there. He had a couple of standout moments, but I really didn't learn a ton about his game. And I'm excited to hopefully learn a bit more uh, as he plays for Team Sweden here in the 2022 World Juniors, which once again, folks, kicks off tomorrow and will run all the way through Saturday, August 20th, up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. All right, that should cover all the latest updates on Blackhawks prospects playing in the World Junior Championship. Coming up in just a moment, I will unveil who comes in at number eight on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. But first, I got to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is one scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start off your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder experienced a ton of gut issues himself and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them over $100 per day, but now Athletic Greens has an optimal and affordable routine that costs you less than $3 per day, which is such an easy and cheap way. To invest in both your health and body. And I'm not kidding, folks. I try to get my one scoop of AG1 each and every morning before I do the show or before I go golfing with some of my friends. I try to get that scoop of AG1 before I eat any breakfast. They recommend you take it before you digest any food in the morning. And it really does make a difference. I feel more focused, more concentrated to do the show out on the golf course, which when I'm playing with my buddies, if you all know anything about me. I'm a very competitive guy. So I want to make sure I'm beating them and I want to take any chance I can get to have a leg up. And AG1 has provided that for me by taking just one scoop every morning. It really does give me that extra boost to get me going. Uh, And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network for a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. They're going to help you take ownership over your health, and it's going to also be the ultimate daily nutritional insurance that you need every day. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two, it's time to unveil which Blackhawks prospect checks in at number eight on my top 10 prospects list. And again, first, just as a reminder, if you're not all caught up through the first two players on my list, be sure to go and check out those videos on my YouTube channel real quick. Go and click on videos up at the top, or you can even... Click on my uh, Top 10 Prospects video playlist. Either way, it's really easy to go and check out the videos. I even have the timestamp down in the description, so you can immediately jump to the part of the episode where I unveil each player. It's really easy and just doesn't make sense to start off at number eight, you know? So be sure to go and find out who came in at numbers nine and ten, as well as all of my honorable mentions. And while you're there, please be sure to smash the subscribe button for me. It would really, it really helps me more than you all know. I would greatly appreciate that. So take the two seconds, go and subscribe to Locked on Blackhawks on YouTube, and get all caught up on my top 10 prospects list. But all right, coming in at number eight here on the show today is none other than 22-year-old netminder Arvid Soderblom, who just wrapped up his first season over in North America with the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL. And I feel like a lot of people, I feel like I might be one of the few who has Arvid Soderblom inside their top 10. And I feel like a lot of people are, are going to wonder why I have him here. But after seeing how well he performed for the Icehogs down the stretch of the season, and also I watched every playoff game that the Icehogs had this year, they got absolutely throttled by the Chicago Wolves in the second round. But Arvid Soderblom was not the issue. I mean, he was facing 40, 50 shots every night. And, you know, the score could have been double digits, honestly, had he not been standing on his head. I know still the Ice hogs got blown out, but that first round series against the Texas Stars, Soderblom was nothing short of phenomenal. And especially for being a rookie over here in North America, if you will, with the team that he had in front of him, one of the youngest teams in the entire AHL. A young defense. I mean, it was really impressive what Soderblom was able to do. Looking at the numbers in the regular season, he had a 21 15 2 record, a 276 goals against average, 919 save percentage, two shutouts. He did this as a 22 year old with a very young team ahead of him. I mean, maybe I'm valuing just one season too much and also what Soderblom was able to do in the playoffs. That really stood out to me how composed he was for being so young and not very far along in his development process as a netminder. We know they usually take longer than any of the positions and to be 22 years old and, and to do what Arvid Soderblom did this season, I think it's really impressive and tells me that when this kid is 25, 26, 27 years old and gets more experience under his belt, gets more and more comfortable with the North American style and all that stuff. I really do believe he has the potential to be a starter in the NHL one day. I don't have him as high as Drew Camesso, who you'll find out where he's at in my top 10 prospects list in the coming weeks, but I still believe Soderblom is a really valuable goaltender prospect to have. And uh, when Scott Wheeler was going over his uh, drafted, or no, it wasn't drafted, it was just his goaltender prospect rankings heading into 2023, Arvid Soderblom was an honorable mention. Across the rest of the young netminders in the NHL and in their pipelines, Arvid Soderblom was an honorable mention. And I really do believe he has the skill set. He has the size, six foot three, not gigantic, but pretty good size for the modern day goaltender. He moves well, great reactionary saves, has a very lightning quick glove to snag shots out of the air in a hurry. I mean, he really does have the makeup, I believe, that one day. He's going to be a starter in the NHL. There might not come for the Blackhawks with Drew Camesso. Who knows? Um, But I'm really high on Arvid Soderblom personally. And there also may be people out there who only remember, uh, I think he played two games in the NHL for the Blackhawks this season. And one of them went horribly against the Calgary Flames, I think. People will probably have that stuck in their minds. But you got to remember. Again, 22-year-old kid who he probably didn't even expect to be playing at the NHL this past season and just clearly was in over his head. He's not ready to be there. Most 22-year-old goaltenders aren't ready for the NHL level at that age. Um, And I don't think that, I really don't think that should be what fans think of when, when Arvid Soderblom is on their mind. I really do think this kid has the potential to be a solid tendy in the NHL one day down the road. Uh, and and one thing I think that was extremely valuable for him was his time over in Sweden. Now, he didn't really play in the SHL, the professional league over in Sweden, which is debatably the second best league in the world behind the NHL. That and the KHL are, are kind of the debate. Uh, a lot of folks, though, would argue that the SHL translates more closely to what the NHL provides. Uh, but Soderblom's time over in Sweden, I think was really, really good for his development. Uh, he didn't play full-time at in the SHL level till the season prior to joining on with the Blackhawks, but he got three, two games dating all the way back to 2016-17 and 2017-18. He was getting his first appearances at the SHL level at, what, 17, 16, 18 years of age? I mean, he's been around pro hockey for a long time now, and uh, I really think that's going to benefit him throughout these next few years. Um, he's not going to be the backup for the Blackhawks next year. It looks like after the addition of Alex Stalock, but that was a short-term deal. And I think they only did that because they don't want to rush Soderblom along in the process and they want to give him the appropriate amount of time. Don't want to push him onto the scene too fast. That's the last thing they want to happen. And it happened with too many prospects under Stan Bowman. So I'm really appreciative that Kyle Davidson is taking the opposite route and making sure these players have enough time. Before stepping onto the scene. So again, I'm really stoked on Arvid Soderblom. I know there are going to be people out there who don't necessarily agree with the number eight ranking, but after what I saw him do for the Ice Hogs in the AHL postseason, again, with that young of an inexperienced team in front of him, the entire decor was basically 20, 21, 22 year olds who are trying to jump up to the NHL level and regularly facing 30, 40 shots a night. Soderblom never took a game off, and that's why he was voted as co-MVP of the team this season. I I really do believe this kid has the game, the entire package, that translates well. Um, We'll see when he officially arrives with the Blackhawks. I would expect it to be not this year, but the following season, once Stillock's contract is passed up, and who knows, Arvid Soderblom could end up being the starter for the Blackhawks in 2023 or 2024 after having such a strong season, which was only his first over here in North America. All right, that wraps up Arvid Soderblom checking in at number eight on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. Coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Summer is here and you need some food for being on the go. Well, Built Bar is the perfect snack to take with you everywhere you go. Throw them into your bags, throw them into your kids' backpacks, and be sure that everyone has a bar to be fueled for their summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bar is that they're both delicious and healthy. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health because with Built Bar, you can have both. You can get the best of both worlds. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, And you're seriously missing out on one of the best-tasting protein bars on the market with flavors like banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, birthday cake, s'mores. It's unbelievable the flavors that they have. They seriously taste like a candy bar. You will not believe that all of them are 140 calories or less and have 17 grams or more of protein, but they do. So head on over to Built.com right now and be sure to use our promo code LOCKED 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's built.com with the exclusive promo code locked 15, one word locked in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next built bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now today, as always, to start off the week. It's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. First question I wanted to answer today comes from at Bearsfan1235 on Twitter, which is oddly similar to my, gosh, now I'm really thinking back. Everybody remember, anyone around the age of 20, 25, 30, remember AIM? Remember the AIM days? This was a very similar name to my AIM login. It was like, I think I was Bears fan forever 1325 or something along those lines. I don't know. But seeing that kind of gave me some weird flashbacks to the AIM days. Anyways, uh, Bears fan 1235 on Twitter asked, who do you believe that is currently in the forward group on the NHL roster is a piece of the future moving forward? Does anyone catch your eye or are they all wait and see guys? Yeah, it's tough with the position the Blackhawks are in right now because obviously it's a scorched earth rebuild. And when you trade a 24-year-old Alex to it, you let go of Dylan Strom, who's basically the same age, let go of Dominic Kubalik, who's still kind of fairly young. Uh, it really limits the options of guys who are actually already at the NHL level to who could be part of the future plans. It kind of seems like it's few and far between at this point, but uh, the first couple of players that stand out uh, stood out to me when I uh, initially read this question first, I would have to say is Taylor Radish, who really had a strong impression down the stretch with the Blackhawks after being acquired from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I feel like he's very likely going to get a top six opportunity for the Blackhawks throughout the majority of the season. I mean, I don't see any reason why not to. His strong shooting ability really stood out. I also thought he was very physical on the forecheck and tenacious whenever he didn't have the puck and really used his size and uh, what you know he does well, be physical along the boards to get the puck back on his stick and to make things happen. I don't know if he's ever going to be a very good playmaker, but I do trust the shot of Taylor Radish, and I think he could be a middle six piece for the Blackhawks one day down the road as they exit this rebuild in you know, three, four, five, six years, however long it be. I would have to say Taylor Radish would be the one that stood out the most to me. Uh, didn't see you know a whole lot of games worth of action, so this year is probably going to be more telling as to whether or not he's part of the future plans. But I expect him to get a massive opportunity based on what he did at the end of last season and also given the limited depth that the Blackhawks have in their NHL roster right now. Uh, would not be shocked to see Taylor Radish on the first or the second line to open up the season for the Black Bucs. He's one that stood out to me. Uh, another is Philip Kuryshev. I know a lot of folks kind of written Kuryshev off already after a pretty meh first two NHL campaigns, if I'm being honest. And I, I agree. I, I agree. Kuryshev definitely has an issue of being a ghost for several games in a row. Like there will be two or three games where he really makes an impact and his speed is prevalent. And you notice him winning battles to make things happen in the offensive zone. But those games were again, too few and far between he'd go nine, 10 games where you wouldn't even notice him and he wouldn't put up a point. And it felt like most of his damage came in, in those stretches where he was confident and, and, was rattling things off. He's got to be more consistent in order to make it work. But again, still very young. I believe he's still only 22. Um, and for being a fourth round pick, not all that long ago, you know, not a lot of those later round picks come onto to the NHL as early as Khrushchev did. So um, maybe he could have used more time down in Rockford. Maybe he was another guy that kind of was rushed along onto the scene too quickly. But I, I would not write off Philip Khrushchev at this point. He's still very young has the speed to get it done. I don't know if he's ever going to be a gifted offensive player, but I do think he has the capability to play a two-way game and to make an impact maybe on the third line, ideally one day down the road. So I wouldn't write him off. And then two other guys that come to mind are Mackenzie Entwistle and Boris Kachuk. I guess you could throw Reese Johnson in there as well. Um, All three were re-signed by the Blackhawks and appear like they're going to at least play some games together as the fourth line, as they did a lot at the end of last year. Um, but more so, I think Entwistle, uh I think he's got a little bit more upside than the other two because of the speed that he's able to play with. Kachuk and Johnson really don't have that speed factor in their game. They're more grinders and gritty. And while Entwistle is that too, I think the speed allows for him to play a little bit different of a game. And I also think If he continues to improve over the next few years, I also think he's someone who could quietly move up the lineup a little bit. Maybe not a second liner, but I I wouldn't rule him out being a a good third liner one day if he's able to provide a little bit more offense than he does right now. But again, that's going to be easier for him to do because he's faster than both Boris Kachuk and Reese Johnson. So, yeah, those are kind of the players that are around on the NHL roster right now that could be part of the future plans. But Again, for most of them, I think this season is going to be more telling as to whether or not Kyle Davidson has them penciled in to the lineup uh, for three or four years down the road. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from at takes by Ty on Twitter, who asked, do we have too good of a roster for what we are trying to accomplish this year? AKA finish with the worst record. The Coyotes and the Flyers are looking pretty bad as well. Yeah, they are. Um... I don't know. It's just, the thing about tanking is it's so hard to actually do it. I think the Coyotes are probably in a better spot than the Blackhawks are, if I'm being honest, given that the Hawks, you know, they still have Patrick Kane at this point. Uh, They still have Jonathan Taves, who, if he is here in Chicago, I mean, he's going to want to be proving people wrong. And he's, you know, especially coming up on a contract year, like, if he doesn't impress, his contract is going to get more than cut in half. Like, It's going to get cut down a lot. So Jonathan Taves has a lot to prove this year. I think that could be going against the Blackhawks. Also, you know, Luke Richardson, he's not going to mail it in. I mean, he's not going to be going out there and trying to lose. Again, the phrase goes, front offices, organizations tank. Players and coaches do not. So, yeah, it's always a concern that, you know, Luke Richardson is, he's not going to be preaching, hey, guys, let's go out there and give it our best, but make sure we're not potting too many goals. No, I mean, no NHL coach is ever going to say that. But I think the biggest thing that the Blackhawks will have going for them is that all of the good pieces that they have on their roster currently are probably going to be moved by the deadline. Like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, all signs are pointing to them being gone by the trade deadline. Um, also, Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu, the two notable free agent additions that the Blackhawks made this summer, they're more than likely going to be gone come deadline time as well. You can throw Colin Blackwell in that group. Sam Lafferty could even be in there. Who knows? You know, most of those guys who are going to be actually playing an impact in the first half of the season probably aren't still going to be members of the team come March and April and, you know, that time of the season. So I do expect the second half to be a whole heck of a lot worse than the first half. But yeah, it is always a concern. But at the end of the day, even if you have the the worst record in the NHL, it does guarantee you a a top three selection, which in this year's draft, you'd like to have any of the top three, but ideally for the Blackhawks, they'd like to be selecting at number one. And even having the worst record in the league isn't going to guarantee them Connor Bedard. So things are going to work out the way they're going to work out. Um, Hopefully, you know, the Blackhawks aren't too good, but at the same time, watching losing hockey sucks. And this year looks like it's going to be pretty painful to watch. So Yeah, I mean, that is always a little bit of a worry, but things are going to go the way they're going to go. But I I do think the second half of the season, the Blackhawks roster is going to be dreadful. And somehow, yes, it is going to get worse than it is on paper right now because, again, Kane and Taze seem like they're going to be gone, as sad as that is to say, along with Domi and Athanasiu and any of the other guys really in the top six who are above the age of 23 or 24. Kyle Davidson is really going to be trying to push them out the door and acquire future assets and return come trade deadline time. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, August 8th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcast, and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates throughout the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and tune in to Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter, at JackBushman2, or you could also check me out on my Strictly Blackhawks account, at hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You could also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.